tonight, church. Uh, I'm so excited for tonight. God is a good God, isn't he? He is such a good God. Uh, Jeremy, I don't know if you can hear it, but it's like Echo Central up here. Um, if you could sort that one out for me, that'd be amazing. Um, God is so good. God is so good. He loves his church. He loves his people, but he loves the world. He loves the whole entire world. And uh, I'm so excited for tonight, for what God is going to do. I know it's going to be an awesome night because we're here, we're in his presence. God is ready to move. You ready for God to move? Sure, if you say so. I'm going to preach a message I've entitled Revival Embers. Revival Embers. When God gave me that message title, I was like, oh, come on, let's go. Whenever the word revival is in something, I'm like, yes, come on. Let's go. And I want to encourage you tonight, it starts with you. You know, uh, recently we, uh, we had our uh, young adults retreat. And uh, it was an awesome time. Uh, but we had this fireplace uh, there. And we had to keep the fire going the whole time because the room was cold without it. And uh, it reminded me of a couple of weeks ago when I was away on holidays. Uh, I was down with some good friends, Zane and Rochelle Bischoff, in uh, the, the high mountains of... Uh, inner north New South Wales, and it was absolutely fantastic. And uh, same thing though, super cold, so we had to keep the fire going uh, all day long, and for good reason too. Uh, let me explain. The first morning I wake up, this crazy frost had come through the town of Deepwater, and uh, minus eight degrees I wake up to. <laughs> it was beautiful. It was so, so cold. I was like, oh, this is why I came to Deepwater. This is the dream. It was absolutely fantastic, and, uh, but it was freezing. Um, I had to pour uh, multiple uh, bottles of water over my windscreen just to be able to drive a couple hundred meters from my cottage over to, to Zane's house. And uh, we get in there, and he's like, Joe, there's just enough water left in the coffee machine to make you a coffee. I'm like, it's awesome. Thanks, man. We can just fill it up, though, can't we? He's like, no, the, uh, the pipes are frozen. He's like, Cade got to go to the toilet and no one else does because the only water that wasn't frozen was the water in the cistern uh, for the toilet and the water that was in the cistern for the coffee machine. That was it. All of the water in the pipes was completely frozen. Like you turn it on, like, it's like there is nothing coming out of this thing. It wasn't until like 9, 30, 10 o'clock that morning that we actually were able to turn the tap on and get water. It was it was amazing. I loved it. Every morning I woke up, it was like an average of minus three to positive three. And that was about 7.30 a.m. when we're, uh, we're heading off to do some stuff on the farm. It was, so, it was so, so cool. But what we had to do, we had a fireplace in each house and it went up into the ceiling into these ducts and uh, went all through the rooms. There's little circles and wasn't aircon coming out. It was heat from a wood fireplace. It was awesome. And so what we'd do is morning tea, lunch, afternoon tea, dinner, after supper, we'd go in, we'd just put another log on the fire to make sure that it doesn't go out. Because if it goes out, the whole house is now freezing cold and you've got to spend some time building the fire up. But not just getting the fire going, building the fire up so much so that you've got a massive hot bed of coals so that you can then throw a massive log on it, or a couple of logs in, in our case, to last you the night through. Otherwise, you're getting up and you're having to go to the fireplace and add more wood on it in the middle of the night. And if you're like me, I don't wake up till my phone tells me to wake up. When my alarm goes off, 
I get up. I don't get up for any other reason. And uh, sometimes we misjudged it. And all that was left was just a couple of little embers. Can I tell you, it, it only takes one ember to get that fiery going. Put a little bit of kindling in there, a little bit of paper. Uh, maybe, you know, if you've got the luxury of some fire starters, drop some fire starters in there. What do you do? You breathe on that ember. Give it some oxygen and it gets the fire going. Well, one ember is okay. It takes quite a while to, to get the fire going from that. But if you've got a couple of embers, it's easier. It's even better. Well, if you've got heaps of embers, it's so easy. You barely have to do anything. You just drop another log on the, on the fire and spontaneous combustion takes place. Poof, flames come out and off it goes. You don't even need to breathe on it if it's got enough oxygen. I wonder if there are some revival embers here tonight. I wonder if there are some revival embers here tonight that maybe with just a bit of breath of God could see that flame burn bright again. What an awesome uh, new worship song. Pastor Jason, I'm like, man, we gotta do that one at the end of tonight. <laughs> it's like, perfect. It's just words of power and I'm like, come on, this is God setting up a moment here and then King of Kings, man, you couldn't top that off better. I'm so excited for later on. If you didn't catch uh, where this is heading, yep, it's heading to an altar call. You know, the other fires I've enjoyed are the fires on uh, private property, of course. Private property. But the fires that are so big that you can drop a few canisters into them, maybe duct tape together and uh, run away giggling like little teenage prepubescent boys and uh, duck and cover, my friend. That's all I can say. I can cover because those embers are about to fly only on private property. <laughs> I've never done anything like that except on private property. One ember is enough though. One ember is enough. One ember. It takes one ember. Just one. If there's more, it's quicker, it's better. But can I tell you that if there's enough embers... If there's a lot of embers, imagine the revival that could take place. Imagine the revival that could take place with ember after ember after ember receiving the breath of God. Revival embers. Let me pray. God, I pray that you would move tonight. Lord, as we have already sung, we need you. God, we cannot do it without you. Lord, we need your presence. God, we need you to do what only you can do. God, we cannot do it without you. So God, tonight we say, come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit, breathe on us again, the breath of life. Breathe on us, fan us into flame. Lord, let us passionately pursue you, I pray. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. 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 Come on, you excited to be in church tonight? A few more, let's go. Come on. Fan into flame the gift. Can I have my water bottle, please, Yvonne? Let's read this. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 5 to 7. Paul spoke to Timothy and he said, I remember your genuine faith. For you share the faith that first filled your grandmother, Lois. Shout out to Lois. How good's that, Pastor Dave? It's awesome. It's Kyle and Elisa's little one. Well, one of them anyway, two of them. 
the faith that first filled your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice. I know that same faith continues strong in you. I don't know if you can hear it, Jeremy, but it's like crazy echo up here. So maybe just kill them. I don't mind. We can do without them. Verse six. This is why I remind you to fan into flames the spiritual gift God gave you when I laid my hands on you. For God has not given us, church, for God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but power and love and self-discipline or self-control. Come on, God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity. Come on, that's not what God has given you. He has not given you a spirit of fear or timidity, but of power and of love. You've been powered with purpose, amen? amen? You've been given power and love to do what God has called you to. That's getting better, Jeremy, thank you. I think some of us have made up some callings, hear me? I think some of us have made up some callings for our life that sound godly, but aren't actually from God. Depart from me, I never knew you. Has your calling come from God? Or has it come from somewhere else? Has it come from a desire that maybe you have allowed to grow that shouldn't be growing in your life? Or maybe it's come from someone else. Church, to desire was a part of the creation from God, but it doesn't mean all desires come from God. If you've been filled with power, I wanna remind you tonight that that power had purpose. John 3, 16, for this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. It's perfect, Jeremy, you can leave it there. For God so loved the whole world, the whole world, not just you and I, not just Sunday Christians, the entire human race, mankind. God loved us. It's actually what that word world means in this particular verse. The whole inhabitants of the earth, the human family in its original meaning. I think some of us have fallen too in love with the world. We're not from this place. Come on, follower of God, you are not from this place. It is not about this world. It is about the world to come. We've become so worried with stuff that is just going to burn and not worried enough about the things that will never burn. Is there anything worth more than a soul? Come on, we get so consumed and so riddled with worry and stress and issues about stuff that is literally going to burn but we are not worried enough about the very things that will never burn. Come on, there is only two places that you and I can go, church. Heaven or hell. There's no other option. Don't get distracted with the stuff. Hear me out, stuff is not necessarily wrong. We can enjoy the fruit of our labour. We are allowed to enjoy the creation that God created for you and I to enjoy. But if it is distracting you from what God has left us to do, then there is definitely something wrong with that stuff. If it's distracting you, you don't need that stuff. 
It's the enemy of our souls. Hands up if you know about a man called Frank Bartleman. Come on, I know some of you leaders do or should. Frank Bartleman. I read a book about Frank Bartleman. There's a whole bunch of us actually read a book about Frank Bartleman last year, no, year before. If you haven't heard of him, he was one of the main men that saw the Azusa Street Revival come and take place. It's an incredible man. In his book, he, he tells of this moment where he's, he's at, at home and he's trying to spend time with the Lord and the kids are running around the house just getting, being kids, just having fun, just playing, doing their thing. And all he could think of is like that demons had possessed them and that the demons were filling the kids and that there were demons causing him to be distracted from his time in the presence of God and he just blamed absolutely anything that went wrong on demons. It's like it's the devil. The devil did it. The devil made them distract me. The devil distracted me from my time with God because the kids were running around the house going crazy. You know, Frank might have attributed a little bit too much to the enemy. But church, I want to put to you that I think we may have allowed the pendulum to swing a little too far the other way. I think sometimes we forget there even is an enemy out there. We like to hide him away and not think about him and not think about hell. But can I tell you that he is very real and he is very much at work, and he definitely very much does not like you. He hates humanity. He doesn't hate Christians. The devil is not out to get Christians. The devil is out to get humanity. Why? Because God loves human beings. Anything that God loves, the enemy hates. Even if you don't follow Christ, if you, if you follow the way of the world, if you follow your own desires and you serve you and oneself, just look at what happens. Look at the world around you. Look at the option that they give you. Look at where their lives end up. Billionaires taking their lives. Countries going to war against each other. Nation rising up against another nation. You know, you can be a, a multimillionaire and he'll just as happily give you cancer, and just as happily give you depression. The devil does not hate Christians, he hates human beings. The thief comes to steal and to kill and to destroy. It's who he is. But Jesus comes to give life and to give us abundant life. It's who he is. Come on, there's only two destinations for the human race. It's either heaven or hell. I think the enemy is doing a very good job of hiding hell away from us. Can I tell you tonight, it's the only alternative to heaven. There is no other option for the time after you die. In the afterlife, that's all there is. There's only heaven or hell. There is not nothing this and there is not a third option. That is it. And Jesus is the only way. Revival embers. It starts with you, church. Revival starts with you. It's the power the gift of the Holy Spirit. Jesus had something for us. Jesus had something for humanity. Jesus had something for his disciples. He had a gift and he wanted to give it to them. Jesus had to leave to get it. He had to go, it's better that I go so I can send you the one that you need, the power from on high, the gift of the Holy Spirit. He's gonna come and he's gonna do what he and only he can do. 
Church, Jesus didn't leave his friends in the lurch. He wasn't forsaking them. It was better that he went. He had to go. He wasn't leaving us to fight on our own. He didn't want to give them a job to do that they couldn't do. He didn't want us to fail. He wanted us to succeed. God wants us to succeed at the task that he has left us to do. God is good. God is a giving God. He is a good God. God is love. He only does good. He only loves us. He lavishes on us all the good things that we let him lavish on us. He didn't even hold his own son back. Jesus. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. You know, we might change, and what God does brings change into our life, but he never changes. He is the same. Who you read about is who he still is today, amen? Amen. Come on, who you read about, who you know God can be, is still the God that you and I serve today. He's always been awesome, and he always will. Come on, he can still raise the dead today. Come on, he can still see issues of our bodies healed in the power of Jesus. Come on, he is still able to do what we read about in Scripture today. Who he was in the Bible is who he is today for you and for me, for the whole world around us. Revival embers, it's the power to save. God wants to give you, church, the power to do what he has asked you to do. You don't need to live in fear. You don't need to live in intimidation. You don't need to live in doubt or insecurity. You can live in perfect purity of love. Jesus said, before you go, be who you can be. Before you go, Be the one I've called you to be. I'm going to give you a gift and it's power. It's the power to change you forever. You'll never be the same and it's the power to change the world around you. Let's read this moment. Luke chapter 24, verse 49. It says, and now I will send the Holy Spirit just as my father promised. But stay here in the city until the Holy Spirit comes and fills you with power from heaven. And then check out what happened in Acts chapter two, verse one to four. On the day of Pentecost, All the believers were meeting together in one place. Suddenly, do you think God ever did anything by happen chance? On the day of Pentecost, I'll unpack that in just a moment, all the believers were meeting together in one place. And suddenly there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm and it filled the house where they were sitting. And then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them. And everyone present, not some, were filled with the Holy Spirit and they began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. You know, I think about Peter in this moment from denying Jesus to what was about to take place in his life, come on from hiding away to standing up in front of a crowd, from lying and cursing and running away and going back to what he thought he was only good enough to do, to proclaiming and declaring the goodness of God. Check this out at the end of Acts chapter two. Let's read it, verse 40 to 41. It says, Then Peter continued preaching for a long time, strongly urging all his listeners, save yourselves from this crooked 
generation, I wonder if there was someone in this room that would start to strongly urge the world around them to save themselves from this crooked generation. It says those who believe what Peter said were baptised and added to the church that day, 3,000 in all. Come on, church, 3,000 people were added to a church service in one moment, on one day, because one man got up and allowed the revival ember in his life to be breathed on by the breath of God. Come on, that's revival. 3,000 people being added to the church in one day. Come on. I told you before, it's coming. I told you a couple of sermons ago on a Sunday night months ago that I prophesied that we're not gonna have enough room in the car park. People are going to be lining up on South Pine Road early to get to the band practice so that they're early, because they want more time in his presence, to get to the prayer meeting so that they can be early for the service because they are so desperate for what God has for them because nothing else in the world is working. Come on, that's revival. Do you wanna see it, church? Come on, do you wanna see revival take place in the world around you? I know I do, because I'm sick of being someone that might step into a moment of fear and I'm sick of being someone who might be intimidated by the spirit that's in the world because what does the Bible say? Greater is he who is in me than he is in the world. Come on, Peter denied Jesus three times. Jesus asked him three times, do you love me? Peter received the gift of the Holy Spirit, receiving the power of the Holy Spirit and Peter saw 3,000 people saved and added to Jesus that day. That's revival. The Pentecost. You know, we, we might think that Pentecost is the celebration of when the Holy Spirit fell and the Christians, you know, that's when the, that's when the church started and that's when the Spirit lit the flame. We sung it tonight. It's an awesome song. I'm not mocking the song, but I'm saying that that is not the beginning of Pentecost. To the Jews, it was called the Feast of Harvest. Oh, I like that. The Feast of Harvest. Come on, what is the power for? It's not just for you and me to make our lives feel good and to have a bit of power and get stuff done and, you know, live a life that's, you know, awesome and praise God. There's purpose to the power. The Feast of Harvest, I like that. There's a harvest coming, church. Do you wanna be a part of it? I know I do. Pentecost was the celebration of the beginning of the early weeks of harvest. It was when the day of Pentecost had fully come after seven Sabbaths from the day of the offering of the first fruits, which was the next day, but one after the Passover, the 16th day of the month of Abib, which was the day that Christ arose. You can find it in Leviticus chapter 23, verse 15, if you want the reference. The feast was massive. It was well attended. As we read in Acts, there was a lot of people from a lot of nations, from a lot of places. What a better moment for the Holy Spirit to fall. What a better moment for the power of God to be unleashed on the world so that the fame of it could spread more quickly and sooner to do what God intended for the power to do. I love how smart God is. I think his power has been contained a little bit too much. 
The Feast of Pentecost was also kept in remembrance of the giving of the law upon Mount Sinai. You know Mount Sinai? They saw the fire of God, the cloud. It was a fire that caused the nation of Israel to step into fear and trembling of their God. That's the same fire that comes and lives inside of us. It's the same fire that shook the very ground of that mountain that lives inside of you. The same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead that lives inside of you. The same power that fell on that Pentecost is the same fire that falls and lives inside of you. It's the gift of the Holy Spirit. It's the power from on high. It's the power of God. Church, it's living inside of you. You know, what it did for Peter, it can do for you. The purpose of the power is to see salvation to come to this house today. Come on, it's the power to save. From no ability to do what Jesus had asked him to do to every ability to do what Jesus had called him to do. Come on, from living with Jesus and loving Jesus to denying him in the greatest hour of need to being filled with the power of the Holy Spirit that enabled him to reach the full potential on his life to writing letters to the early churches, inspired scriptures that you and I still read today from a fisherman from being disqualified by the leaders of the day to disqualifying himself. Yes, he stuffed up. Yes, he denied Jesus. But God still chose him. And God still chooses you and I today. Come on, no longer stepping back, no longer shrinking away. He no longer hid. He was very loud and proud and bold. Jesus chose Peter Church tonight. I want to remind you, he chooses you. The fire fell like tongues of fire sent by Jesus, the power from on high, the gift of the Holy Spirit. Come on, Ben, come on up. Come on, church, it's the power to change. It's the power to save. It's the power to victory. It's the power to heal. It's the power to raise. It's the power to see his kingdom come and his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We weren't given power to just do stuff for us, to make our lives easier, better. The power has a purpose. Come on, the power that you were given has a purpose to see souls saved from hell. There's two things I wanna do tonight that I feel the Holy Spirit wants to unleash on this room. Two things that I feel that God wants to do in this place because God wants this power to be unleashed on the world around us. God wants the power of love to be seen, to be felt, to be heard. Come on church, our generation needs us. If they are not going to heaven, they are going to hell. Our generation needs us. Number one tonight, if you have never received the power of the Holy Spirit, it is for you. Tonight, I want you to come down to the front in a moment. 
And I want you to receive the power of the Holy Spirit. Because the Bible says it is for all believers. Mark 16, verse 16. These signs will follow all those who believe. It's not for some and it's not done. It is very much alive. It is very much for now. If you cannot speak in tongues, that's the evidence that you've been filled with the power of the Holy Spirit, then I want to encourage you to come down the front tonight because it will change your life forever. You will never be the same again. What you are enduring in your life, you don't have to endure it any longer. Tonight, there is freedom in this place for you. Tonight, there is breakthrough in this place for you. It is the power of God. Number two. If you have allowed that flame to die, if you need God to breathe on that revival ember in your life, then tonight's for you. If you wanna see the power that God has gifted to you to be used to its full potential, then tonight is for you. I wanna encourage you to allow the breath of God to breathe on that revival ember in your life and to see fire come and fall in your story and start to set this world ablaze again. Come on, our generation needs us. Come on, your family needs you. Your friends need you. Your colleagues need you. This suburb needs you. This nation needs the church to be who God has called His church to be. I don't want to keep waiting for revival. I want revival now. Revival, Embers Church, it starts with you. It starts when you're going to get desperate enough to see God move. That's awesome. Come on. Don't wait for my altar call. If you want to come, start to come right now. Come on, church. Why don't you stand to your feet tonight? Come on, God is able to take the smallest of sparks and set a nation on fire. It only takes one small spark to set a forest ablaze. Church, you and I, we are the revival embers. And as God breathes on that spark, as His power floods us again tonight, that spark is going to burn. Come on, fan into flame the gift that God gave you. It is not yours to keep. It is not yours to hold on to. Come on tonight, fan into flame the gift that God gave to you.